You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. The build-to-rent trend is hot right now, but construction costs are creating major headaches for developers. They're having a tough time getting materials of all kinds, from key components of a home like lumber to small but necessary pieces like metal truss connectors. These shortages are pushing prices higher and causing delays in finishing products, all of which add thousands of dollars onto the price of an investment property. I'm Kathy Fedke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. There is a silver lining, and you'll hear about that in this episode from a build-to-rent developer and property manager in the Jacksonville, Florida area. Our guest shares his side of the build-to-rent story to help investors understand why it's been so difficult to get new rental homes on the market, how he's dealing with supply chain issues and a volatile pricing environment, and how he expects the pricing issues to play out. So Chris, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's always good to find out what's really happening out there, boots on the street, and you've got lots of boots on the streets. <laughs> you've been building how many homes? Uh, we're on track to do right around a thousand units this year. We, we may be maybe ah, a touch over that. Yeah. This year, amazing. All right, well, let's enlighten our audience on what you've been going through this past year. <laughs> Oh man, that that's uh, that opens it wide open to all sorts of topics. But uh, I mean, specifically in building, let's just focus on that. <laughs> well, it's been a crazy year. Uh, you know, we've we've seen just a really an unprecedented uh, you know change in our whole economy. But you know, just you know what everybody's starting to see in the inflationary effects uh, in the world today. You know, we we've really been feeling. For the last you know, 22 months. And, uh, you know, we kept thinking, well, it's going to stop, it's going to stop, it's going to stop. And everybody kept saying this was transitory. And then it just, you know, after two years, you know, I don't know if it's really transitory anymore. So, uh, so that's really been the, the, the biggest, uh, you know, issue, I would say, or the biggest focus of our company uh, here since COVID is just dealing with this changing environment of, you know, costs going up on a daily basis, not being able to get the materials that we need to build the homes and, uh, and really, you know, changing our whole business model around uh, to be able to plan much further into the future, uh, source much further away from our home bases and much further away from where the, uh, the homes are being built. Uh, that's, that's really been our, you know, that's really been the key for us uh, this year has been trying to overcome those challenges. And, you know, every time that we think we have it licked, you know, we turn around and we get hit with something else. And, you so know, let's I, talk about specifics. Yeah, specifics. Like I know on our projects in Reno, the cost of lumber went from, I don't know, 20 something thousand per house to 120 something thousand per house. That really affects your bottom line, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, as you know, I mean, there's, the margins aren't that big. The margins aren't as big as the fluctuations, which is, you know, which is frankly why everybody in the building industry, from builders to the subcontractors to the material suppliers, are you know really terrified, you know, because the, they're trying to operate in an environment that uh, is just so unstable. But yeah, try, you know, lumber has been the big one. I mean, that's been a roller coaster. You know, it goes up and then it starts to come back down, and you think you know, the world is coming back to normal again, and then it just shoots right back up again. Um, you know, uh, concrete has been the same, you know, concrete took huge increases here at the beginning of the year. 
you know, everybody started switching away from lumber to concrete block to try and hedge against lumber. Well, that drove, you know, you know, concrete block prices up and, you know, drove to actually some block shortages here in Florida. Uh, but we've seen it from everything. I mean, even even the the little plates that hold the trusses together. You know, for a while we couldn't get lumber to make trusses, and then we didn't have enough labor to make trusses, and now we don't have enough of the little metal plates that hold the trusses together to make trusses. So <laughs> it's been, you know, one thing after the other. But you get down to these tiny little components. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had some fire dampeners um, on back order that have held up some projects for six months uh, because we just cannot get the materials, or you know, can't get the uh, the, the building officials to agree to a a substitute product. Um, so it's, you know, it really is everything. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I've been watching all these indexes uh, since we've, you know, been on this roller coaster ride. And the Fed, you know, the St. Louis Fed puts out a, a great index. It's called the Producer Price Index, and it tracks uh, inputs into residential building and construction. And, uh, and, and that index has gone up 78 points since April of 2020. So since the beginning of COVID, that's gone up 78 points, which is about a 36% increase. And I, I went back and I was looking at the history and it took from 2004 until 2020 for that index to go up 78 points before. So wow. in the last 22 months, the index has gone up more than it did the prior 16 years combined. <sighs> and that kind of helps put it in perspective as to why everybody is freaked out, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah, so let's talk about it from the perspective of a small builder, <clears throat> excuse me, a small builder, because we're just a, a small group and in you Barb, I've done a lot of a lot of homes, but at the same time, nothing near, you know, the national builders. So the national builders seem to be moving right along. Maybe they were able to stockpile supplies or maybe they get first dibs with the suppliers because they order so much. I don't know. I don't know if they're dealing this with the same pressures that smaller builders are are facing. Do you do you know? Oh, yeah, I, I do know that they are facing a lot of the same pressures. Um, you know, we have a lot of our staff has come from, you know, national home builder world. And so they've got a lot of friends in, in these uh, in these different, uh, you know, building companies and the big nationals. And they're all struggling. You know, they're all you know missing their production targets. You know, if you if you look at any of their quarterly reports, I, I, it would be it would be difficult to find one that's, uh, you know, that met their first quarter projections for uh, for closings uh, because they're just they're they're having the same material shortage issues that, that the rest of us are. And, um, you know, and they're struggling through it the same way that, that others are. Now, some of them, you know, there are a few of them like trusses, you know, that own their own trust plants. So, mm -hmm. you know, so they've got, you know, some areas, you know, some individual areas and individual builders um, that, you know, that may have, you know, may have a leg up on some of those things. But a lot of them are dealing with the same exact problems that we are. And, you know, we, we deal with a lot of the same sub base. And everybody is, you know, clawing at those subcontractors, you know, things, things, uh, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, we used to bid our projects to multiple different subcontractors and we'd get their bids back and we'd figure out who was the most value for, for the job that was going to get done. And then we, you know, try to negotiate the best price and the tables have been completely turned. You know, it's now like, Hey, you know, if you want me to come 
do your plumbing or your electrical or, you know, put in that HVAC, you know, how much can you pay me to come out and do that? And I'll tell you when I'm going to come. And so it's, uh, you know, it's really gotten to be that sort of environment where, you know, where people are, uh, you know, people are so busy that it becomes, it becomes very difficult, uh, particularly in new markets uh, to get vendors. You know, fortunately, we've been in a lot of our markets for a lot of years. So we do have some loyalty factor with some of our vendors, but a lot of them are on allocation for their different materials. So they can't supply everything that we need, even if they wanted to, which means we've had to go out, increase our, our vendor database, increase our supplier database, just, just to get more allocation of materials onto our projects. And, uh, you know, the new vendors that, that don't have a loyalty level to you, you know, it's really pay up or, you know, sorry, we're not taking new customers. And uh, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in as a builder. Yeah, I don't know if you face this. I just spoke with one of our partners in the on the our Reno project, and he said his subcontractors won't even build, um, won't even buy the materials anymore. That's on us now. Uh, they'll just show up and do the job, but we have to get all the supplies. And um, he's even had to buy a truck to go drive through a few states to go pick up some random garage doors he was able to find, you know, and couldn't get anywhere else. Have you? What kind of changes have you seen? Have you experienced like that? We've seen the exact same thing. You know, I mean, the, the vendors are afraid to buy the materials because then they have to give you a price. Mm-hmm. And if they give you a price, it could change the next day and then they're losing money. So, you know, the only way that a lot of them will will do it is a labor only contract like that. And we're seeing that more and more across all of our all of our vendor bases. Um, you know, and it, it becomes, you know, very difficult to try and price anything very far into the future because you don't have enough place to store it all, you know, so that, you know, single family has really been a just in time sort of material business uh, for years and years. You know, if you go build an apartment complex, well, great, you might, you know, throw a bunch of connexes out there and, you know, store materials. Uh, but, you know, that's not a luxury that we have, particularly in infill building, you know, about 50% of our business is building on infill scattered lots versus building on the other 50% is building in subdivisions. And so that, you know, the building on scattered lots, you know, there's just nowhere, you just can't store the material. So it's definitely been a challenge. And and we've, you know, we've had to, uh, we've had to really uh, front a lot of capital for both, you know, our material suppliers and for our vendors to to make sure that the materials are are available. So how do you, excuse me, how do you even forecast in that case? How, how are you able to determine in advance how much it's going to cost you to build a home? It is extremely difficult and nearly impossible. Right now. <laughs> um, so we, we That's are- That's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. You know, basically what, what we're looking at, because at least now we have a little bit of historical data on uh, the craziness that has ensued here. And so, you know, we're putting in uh, much stronger contingencies based on when we think that the project is going to start, and um, and then we are also in all of our in all of our building contracts, we're putting escalation clauses in the contracts that say, you know, hey, if the index goes up, then the price of the bill or the price of the home goes up. So our clients have the ability to terminate if you know if the prices have gone up too much and they just don't feel comfortable with the project anymore. But that was really the only way that we felt that we could continue on uh, building homes for our clients is is to figure out a fair and balanced way to do it. So 
you know, we thought, hey, if we can track it to an index and prices go up, then we'll recoup the additional material cost. But if the market just goes up over and above the material cost increases, then our client is still getting the benefit of that market appreciation, which has, you know, been a, a backbone of our business model, you know, since we since we started. And um, so we felt that was, you know, a, a good way to protect us and still give our clients what they're looking for. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to sell anything at all. And um, and that's that's really the the only way that we that we felt comfortable um, to continue to to sell and uh, you know and and build homes in this market. How are you structuring it? I imagine in the contracts you've got a clause that says, you know, prices could go up, right? That's what that's what you're just saying. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, um, and and people will be obviously quite upset about that, but you're not in the business to lose money. <laughs> it's not a, not a business that will be sustainable. Um, so, do you ask for a a deposit, or are you? And I know some builders are just starting to find ways to to build spec and not put anyone in contract till the end, till they actually know what it's going to cost. I mean, how are you handling these challenges? Yeah. So, like I said, you know, the the price escalation clauses are the best way that that we found to do it uh, because it allows us to contract up front, and it's a very transparent. You know, our clients know. You know, everybody. At this point, everybody knows what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. and and yeah, and so you know, <laughs> and our clients are you know are, are are very sophisticated. You know, we're not dealing, we're typically not dealing with people that are wanting to live in the homes because we sell homes to people that want to own them as rental properties. You know, so they you know they're they're sophisticated clientele. They understand what's going on in the marketplace, and you know, and and they have it gives them an option, right? You know, because it's it's so hard to get inventory right now. There's such a short supply. That you know, really, what what the contract does is it it locks them in a place in line so that they know that they're going to get a property later down the road. You know, when the when the home is built, and it also essentially gives them an option. You know, if if the prices go up and and they're not comfortable with it, they get their deposit back, and we actually give them an interest rate on their deposit while while we've been holding it, so that they're not completely you know out during that holding period. And um, and that's just a, a decision that they make. And and I think some of our you know some of our our uh, investor and, and, and buyer clients you know, look at it just like that. You know they look at it from a very much a financial transaction. And um, you know and it's it's a way for us to enable them a spot in line for for a house as opposed to waiting until the spec is done and then you know selling the property at the highest possible price and everybody's bidding you know out you know you know, through the roof, you know, that's never been our business model. We never, we've never been a, uh, a, a high stress sales sort of scenario. You know, we like to give people, you know, a lot of options, let them take their time to make a decision. And, you know, if, if, if it's a good property for them and a good market for them and they feel comfortable with all the variables, then they go in and, um, you know, and, and they are able to make that decision now without having a lot of the, the panic that comes with a finished property, you know, because when a property is done, the builder wants it sold and everybody's been, you know, been through the roof. And, you know, so our, our clients aren't having to handle that, you know, aren't having to deal with that. And they're getting the benefit of any appreciation that happens during that, uh, you know, during that build process. Do you think the cost of materials will continue to rise with now with the um, Ukraine invasion? You know, that's, it's, it's almost seems like, there has to be some cost and, you know, like, and I say some cost because we're seeing gas prices go up so much. So oil affects so many different things in the build process. 
uh, the 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 majority of which is shipping. You know, and this is a this is a, a a thing that a lot of people don't think about. They think about the actual components. You know, what is oil used in? Well, it's used in shingles for sure. You know, that's a you know a petroleum based product. But really, getting the materials to the job site, you know, is is massive. And we're already seeing uh, fuel surcharges before the Ukraine invasion. So yeah, so we do anticipate seeing um, some some additional uh, pricing increases. Uh, as it relates to uh, as it relates to gas prices and you know petroleum, uh, and now I'm gonna knock on wood when I say this. You know prices have been relatively stable over the last three weeks. So and that's in today's world that's that's saying something. Where, you know uh, you know three three weeks without us having to do any sort of um, you know increase in our in our base uh, base price on a home. Uh, is 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 very significant. It's uh, it's it, it, there hasn't been many times in the last two years that we've gone three weeks without increasing the base price of our product. So wow. it, it's it's really it's a it's one of those anomalies out there that uh, it's it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen. But the fuel prices are an easy one that we're I, we know we're going to start seeing surcharges on that shortly. Do you worry that the cost to build and the cost of the final product is just going to be too expensive for the average person to buy? Oh, I absolutely uh, am concerned about that. You know, I, to, to me, and this is, you know, to hear a builder say this is, you know, is uncommon, but I, I just wish it would, if it would just level out, right? It, even if it didn't go back down, if it just leveled out right now, uh, you know, we would be, we'd be very happy. Uh, you know, obviously, I build the majority of my homes in Florida. Florida is still an incredibly um, inexpensive market uh, to to live in. You know, the cost of living is is very low here compared to, you know, almost anywhere else in the country. You know, it, you know, you look at any of the um, northern states. Uh, you know, California for sure. You know, our our median home pricing, even after all the increases that we've seen, is still you know 30, 40 percent below. Uh, most of the rest of the country. So, so we do still have affordability here, but I want to continue to have affordability. So it, it does concern me from a general home buyer standpoint. The flip side is, is again, you know, we're, we're a builder that builds rental homes. So, you know, as people are priced out of the home ownership market, you know, it does drive a lot more very qualified people into the renter pool. And, um, you know, and that's what we're seeing here in, in Florida today. Um, you know, from a combination of people coming here uh, because of, you know, COVID restrictions, meaning that, you know, they, they don't have to work in an office anymore. They can work from wherever they want to work. And a lot of people are picking Florida. You know, it's a, it's a warm state to begin with. Uh, we have no income, state income tax here. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a relatively low cost of living. Um, so we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of in-migration to the state more than we've ever seen, and, and we've seen huge uh, in-migration, but that's done a lot to drive up in uh, uh, rental prices as well. So yeah, I actually was, I actually looked up a, a few examples here before we got on the show, but um, one of our, one of our Jacksonville quad communities that we finished about a year ago, we were leasing those units for $12.50 a month. They're two bedroom, two bath units. And uh, the first round of those is coming up for renewal uh, uh, just just this past month. And the renewal rates for those units is $1,650 a month. So oh my gosh, wow. $400 increase in that market uh, in just a one year time period. And, you know, it, it's happened in all of our markets to some degree or another. You know, Palm Coast, one of our popular 
duplex models, the duplex units there went up from $12.95 a month to $15.25 a month uh, from March of last year to March of this year. Ocala, the same, you know, one of our popular single family plans went from $15.95 a month to $18.45 a month wow. uh, in a year. And, um, and same in Cape Coral. You know, our single family plan went from $17.95 to $2,095 a month. And, you know, and, and the people have the income to, to pay it, um, you know, which is uh, which has really been uh, a welcomed factor for us. You know, as we've seen the build costs go up, the rents have been lagging. You know, rents are about 12 months behind the material price increases that we've seen, but they are still coming. And, uh, and we're getting really qualified tenants. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, have really good jobs. Uh, that are moving into the market. Um, and then also, you know, wages have gone up, you know, I mean, you know, take our company for one, you know, we, we saw the, the uh, effect that inflation was having on our staff. And in January 1st, we did the largest annual pay increase that we've ever done in the history of our company. And, you know, people were like, Chris, how do you, you know, how do you do that? And when everything else is going up so fast, and it's like, well, that's, that's why we have to do that, you know, because our staff can't, you know, they can't come to work worried about, man, I, I can't put food on the table and I've got to go get a second job. I mean, that that doesn't do anything to help, you know, productivity here at the company. And, um, you know, so, it, you know, that that's something that, that we've, you know, that we've really uh, taken a hard look at. And I think, you know, I think honestly, some of our vendors have as well. You know, that's why we saw a significant uptick here in January uh, for labor and, and material costs. Um, I think everybody had to really just kind of you know, step back uh, and, and realize that this this isn't it's not going backwards anytime soon. You know, some things may go up and down, but overall, these prices aren't aren't going down. Um, and we've got to you know we just we've got to address it before you know before we start to lose staff and you know dismantle a team that's taken years and years and years to build because um, you know that doesn't get anybody anywhere either. So, what's the typical price for? Uh... For like a three-bedroom house, for you, um, you know, it's it, it ranges wildly depending on the markets. But uh, a three-bedroom house is going to be somewhere between two seventy-five and three fifty at this point in time. That you're build you're building at that price. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's a skill, right? Because here I, here in California, I mean it's one hundred twenty to one hundred forty thousand dollars just for the fees, you know, to right. you know the school fees and. And all the fees just to get started. So, you know, it would be impossible to build a home in California at that rate. I mean, maybe maybe someone's pulling it off, but I don't know if you saw the the recent headline where uh, L.A. was building um, homes for the homeless. And it turned out they were they were costing about eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars per studio home for, you know, for the homeless. So, you know, it's it's really hard to pull off. Uh, in California. So to me, there is still quite an opportunity to acquire a brand new home for $300,000 in the fastest growing market in the US. That's that's still an opportunity, even if the cash flow maybe isn't as good as it was. Uh, it, it probably won't take long to get there because you're locking in a, a lower price, relatively speaking. You're locking in a relatively low interest rate. People complain about interest rates, but listen, if you've been in this business long enough, you know that we're still at historically low rates. They're still incredible. I started investing when they were at 11 or 12%. 
So I remember when it went down to 9% and my dad refied everything, he was so excited. Uh, so, you know, but, but with all this inflation, rents will probably continue to rise, uh, you know, increasing the cash flow for, for investors. I mean, do you, do you believe that to be true that uh, inflation is here to stay for a bit? Well, I believe inflation's here to stay. And, and I believe that, uh, you know, but I, and I believe that there's a long fuse on a lot of these things, you know, like build, build cost prices, you know, people ask me, you know, are, are the, uh, you know, do you think that how the, the price of housing is going to continue to go up? And, uh, you know, particularly for new construction, you know, the answer is almost certainly yes, in, unless there's some cataclysmic event that happens that keeps it from happening, because today we're building at the highest price that we've ever built for, you know, so we have the highest cost of materials that we've ever built for. And, you know, and those properties are, are already sold to end, you know, to end buyers, but they haven't closed yet because they're still under construction. So, you know, most of the sales data is done based on closings, not on, uh, not on, on what's under contract for sale. So as those closings come online, it's going to drive the, you know, the median home pricing up in the data that's reported to the public. And, you know, and all of those, all of those projections have been done based on, um, you know, based on what we think rents are going to be, you know, we know what rents are now, and we know how much they've gone up. Um, and then we have, you know, we anticipate that they're going to go up further. Uh, you know, when we look at it, we look at it both ways, we, we say, you know, what do we know that we're getting today in today's market, but because the market has changed so much, you know, if you want to, if you want to do any sort of deals or any sort of transactions, you've got to take into account that inflationary effect or else nothing seems to make sense, you know, or it makes sense on a much lower cash flow than, than you've ever looked at before. So it, it really takes a little bit more analysis in today's world than it, than it ever used to, because things used to change so much slower, you know, back, <laughs> right. it's, you know, like I said before, you know, it took 16 years for prices to increase as much as they've increased in the last 22 months. Um, so that really changed the rule book on, you know, on everything, on how you have to look at the investment strategy and, you know, how you have to forecast rents, you know, you know, two years ago, three years ago, we'd say, well, you know, rents are what they are and they're probably going to go up $50, a, you know, a year. And here we are, they're going up $300 a year. Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of really happy real wealth members who, who did lock in a price a year ago, and even with the escalation clause, they're still way ahead of where they thought they would be. Um, so when does the escalation clause kick in? Uh, yeah, you can't just unilaterally decide, hey, we're going to raise the price of this house, can you? Right. So it kicks in when, uh, like, when the slab goes down. So when you know when construction has materially commenced. Uh, then that's when we take a look at what the index is. So early on, we didn't have escalation clauses at all. You know, it, you know, we just had a, um, uh, we just put these clauses in in, in March of twenty one. Yeah, because you would just eat it. You would if prices went up, you just eat it, right? And and investors would be really happy because they locked in a low, a low price, and then we, you know, you're basically giving them all the equity. But, yeah. So early, yes, yeah, so early on, we 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 did a lot of eating it uh, when these prices went up, and then you know we had um, you know we had a, a uh, basically a termination clause previously, and it just said if if the world went crazy, essentially we would you know we'd have a cause to terminate, and um, you know and that you know the world did go crazy, and that <laughs> and that didn't feel very good, 
because you felt like we needed more of a of a metric to calculate. Um, and so, you know, so we based it off of the indexes, which, you know, honestly still doesn't completely uh, cover us as a builder um, because the indexes don't always track, you know, the, the micro level um, issues. It's not a perfect system by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but, but it's, it's the one that we found that works best and that's, you know, fair for both parties. Wow. Crazy times. So you're not just talking like, uh, how should I say this? You, you are one of the best people to talk to about rents and new home costs because you both build the homes and you also manage the huge property management company. So I'm just curious, who, who are these people? I mean, are you seeing a massive influx of, of people from other states or are they from within the state and just moving around? Are they, who are these people? Why is there so much demand? Yeah, so we're seeing it all, all every from every component uh, we're seeing it. So we're seeing um, a lot of people coming in from out of state. You have a lot of people that are working from home, and uh, and you know we, we know that because they're very concerned about internet speed. So uh, you know that's one of the questions that we get, uh, particularly from you know the work at home contingent, is wanting to make sure that there's you know cell cell signal uh, at their house and that there's uh, ample internet service. So that's the your, your out of town component. But then, you know, and then you've got your normal demand from, you know, just your your local people that are, you know, going through the stages of life, you know, having a family. And now all of a sudden they they need a house and they need some extra space and a, and a yard and a bedroom and moving into one of our single family properties. There are just an amazing number of job opportunities in all of these markets in Florida. You, know, you pick Jacksonville, for instance, you know, you've got a huge financial sector here, the, the military bases all the distribution centers that are going in over, you know, all over the place. Of course, we have, you know, plenty of construction workers. That's, uh, the, the, there's, there's plenty of people in the, uh, in the building and construction business these days. Um, and, you know, and then we still do have some, some service workers. Uh, you know, when, when COVID struck, we did a, um, we did a, a survey of our, of our, of our tenants and, you know, we had about nine or 10% of our tenant base was, uh, uh, with service, you know, service workers in the service industry. So um, it's, it's really, you know, it's wide ranging and, you know, every walk of life. Amazing. Well, thank you. You're, you're helping alleviate the problem of uh, affordable housing. If you can just keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we plan on keeping it up. It's, uh, yeah. it's one of those things. We've learned a lot of new skills over the last uh, 22 months and we intend to continue to use them and be here for a very long time. So Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. Really, really great to see you again. You as well, Kathy. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can get more information on how to acquire build-to-rent properties in Florida and other booming markets by joining Real Wealth at realwealthshow.com. It's free to join. And once you're there, you'll get access to our investment counselors, property teams, lenders, 1031 exchange facilitators, attorneys, CPAs that specialize in real estate, and so much more. I'm Kathy Fedke, and thanks so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.